0: Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the E-Commerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today is another episode in the continuing series of the How I Built It series. We're talking to the CEO and co-founder of Born Primitive. If you are active, if you're a CrossFitter, if you're into exercise, if you're just into looking good, you've probably heard of Born Primitive, but if not, you will hear about it today. And uh, so I've got, uh, like I said, the CEO and co-founder Bear Handlin with me today. Bear, how you doing, man? And, and welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you having me, Brett. Absolutely. So you and I connected at Ezra Firestone's Blue Ribbon Mastermind. It was, I would say, uh, the best, one of the best events I've been to in terms of, well, the content was great, the people were great, but the setting, holy cow, it was uh, Cardiff by the Sea just north of San Diego. We're seeing this place right on a cliff. So it, it was good to connect with you and good to
1: hang out there. It was just
0: a, a pretty epic time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, it. I used to live out in San Diego. So any, anytime I have a chance to get back, I'm like, I'm all about it. So that was, uh, yeah, they killed it with the venue. And obviously the content was awesome. Tons of scored away people that are all, you kind of solving the same problems in e-commerce. So super cool to be a part of it. Yeah, just a plug. Like, hey, now that the
0: world is open back up, like I, I believe you got to get to in-person events, right? And and it seems like the, to me, it seems like the trend is to smaller events rather than the the giant events that we that we used to have. But I believe got to be at those events. It's where you make connections. Where you make breakthroughs. It's it's worth it's worth the time. So, uh, good stuff, man. Well, I'm uh, super excited to dive into your story. I got to hear some of it on stage as you and Ezra were chatting at Blue Ribbon, but but I wanna. I want to unpack it a little bit and, of course, share it with the, the wider audience. And so uh, what, what's your background? Because you you were a naval officer, so you had a military career. You're, you're right now, for those watching the video, you're crushing a Red Bull. You worked for Red Bull, right? So so talk about, like, talk about, uh, you went to Yale? Is it right that you went to Yale? That's uh, that's super awesome, if, if that's true.
1: Yes, yeah. So uh, graduated from Yale University, uh, played football there. You know, I was like a big sports guy growing up, um, so I had the opportunity to pursue that. Graduated. Went and worked for Red Bull for four years. Did marketing for them. It was awesome. Um, still, is I'm still loyal, even though I'm not employed with them anymore. Um, as as you can see, and, they're like the they're uh, like
0: the OG energy drink, right? Like the original. They I mean,
1: are. The, Yeah, yeah they invented it eight in 1987 came over to the states in 97 uh the energy drink category didn't exist until red bull so everyone else is just a poser uh just <laughs> other brands are doing great but they'll never be able to say they invented the category totally. uh so totally. that's that's my, that's their claim to fame with red bull but uh so that was really cool. I learned a ton about kind of brand and marketing through them. And obviously the way they do it is is kind of second to none. Um, so great exposure. Ended up making the decision to join the military when I was 26. Um, and sh- just before joining the military, I actually launched Born Primitive. So horrible timing from a logistics standpoint. Um, I don't know. Go start I, I really... a military
0: career and become <laughs> yeah. an
1: entrepreneur at the same time. Great. Yeah, I, I think we started it like uh, maybe two and a half months before I uh, shipped off to Officer Candidate School. Um, So yeah, that's how it all got started, and then I was kind of dual-hatting, being active duty naval officer uh, for about eight years and running Born Primitive. Uh, I just got out one year ago, so this is my first full year as of like a few days ago, where I've been able to be full-time CEO um, and not sending out emails at three o'clock in the morning from (laughs) a laptop, uh, you know, somewhere overseas or something like that. So that that uh, is
0: amazing. How does that feel? Like is is the the renewed focus? really special like is the free headspace really amazing what, what's it like now not being military officer
1: and entrepreneur simultaneously it's great um it, it's kind of like um you know i've heard people use the analogy like though it's, it's kind of like a gas that fills any space it's given right so like yes i have all this free time in quotes it immediately got filled with more primitive so it's not right. like i'm any less busy i think i'm actually more busy because i'm able to be more involved um but there was this ironic like experience that I had, you know, in the military, there's a ton of red tape, ton of bureaucracy to make any decision. It takes forever. So I, you know, part of my day, I would be in that environment. And then I would go to Born primitive where I'm the CEO and, you know, particularly early on where like, there's only a few of us, um, you make decisions so fast, you can up the budget immediately. You can just say, oh yeah, let's do it. Um, so I saw like both ends of the spectrum of like, of efficiencies. Um, and I think that it was good to kind of see both because even with the business now, we have like 75 employees. I'm still trying to keep, the lean, agile, efficient components and never turn into this big bureaucratic organization that just has a bunch of layers of unnecessary tasks. So I think seeing both has been a huge benefit for me as we as we develop this thing.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And, and it makes a ton of sense, right? Seeing the insane bureaucracy and in red tape and, you know, the hurry up and wait mentality that I know exists in the, in the, the military uh, but as you scale and as you grow, you do need systems and processes, right? That's something we experienced as, as an agency. And I was looking back at this presentation I did in 2019, and we were at like uh, 25, 26 people, something like that. And uh, now we're at, at close to 60. And so like as you grow, uh, you do need processes. So there's, there is something very valuable about checking twice and having systems and procedures in place. But... Man, when things just like, you know, uh, slow down to a lurch and, uh, and or, or grind to a halt and all the red tape, that, that's no good either, right? So like there's got to be this balance in between of entrepreneurial speed and energy and enough systems and processes, you know, burn the whole thing down. Uh, so I'm guessing you probably found a happy medium, you know,
1: playing in both those worlds. Exactly. Yeah, I think you take the good of the, of the of the systems and processes, and then lean it down a little bit. But one hundred percent, we're absolutely to the point now, almost to a fault, where I realize, all right, we're a little too loose here. <laughs> yeah. we, we, you know, we, yeah. we need to have KPIs and like you know monthly reports and things like that. Um, but uh, so I, I think we're we're trying to find that middle ground now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So. So then why, uh, so for
0: those that don't know, and I, and I kind of alluded to it, I said, hey, if, you, if you're into working out and you're into looking good and stuff, you, you probably heard of Born, Born Primitive, but but what is Born Primitive and and why did you start it back in the day when you were just about to ship off to the military? Uh, so yeah, what is it? Why'd you start it?
1: Yeah, so we're uh, an apparel company, um, you know, mainly D2C right now, um, but expanding into mass retail as we speak and just uh, launched on Amazon a couple months ago as, as we were talking Congrats. about. Awesome. Um, you know, a year or two ago, I probably would have said we're a workout apparel company, but we're a whole lot more now. You know, workout apparel was what we started with, um, but now uh, athleisure apparel is huge for us, um, and then we recently just launched our outdoor apparel, um, which is a whole new category, a whole new kind of sister brand for us. It's called Born Primitive Outdoor, um, and then launched our campfire collection, which is now jeans and flannels and Sherpa-Line denim jackets and, you know, anything, uh, you know, you would wear maybe wear around the campfire. So we we have a pretty good and even some active professional stuff so like men's like stretchy dress shirts and active pants things like that that you travel in so we're covering a pretty wide um you know variety now but at the core of it it started as a workout apparel company um and just the cliff notes of how it started i i developed a pair of custom compression shorts that was specific to a very niche market in olympic weightlifting um i was doing a lot of training for crossfit and that was one of the lifts we were doing so I took an old football girdle from the Yale days and cut out like the quad pad and took it over to my neighbor who was a seamstress and she stitched in the padding in another area of the shorts. Um, and that was the first prototype. And this was for a specific CrossFit move or CrossFit workout, is that right? So the, the Olympic lift is called snatch. Um, and there's a portion of lift where the bar can like make contact and you're like, uh, like your, your pubic bone. Um, to the point where like some guys in competition were like fracturing that bone Dang. um so i just basically stitched that pad in that area um and uh and, and it, the the intent was literally just to make one and i was going to be the only one that would wear it because i would just plan on wearing it on the days i had that lift and then just wash it a couple times a week and then long story short guys were saying hey you should market that you know and i said yeah. no way and i did a little bit of market research and realized i wasn't the only uh guy experiencing that problem i said hey maybe there's something to this read some books on overseas sourcing, kind of schooled myself up, got on Alibaba, put out tons of feelers, whittled it down to a couple suppliers. And, um, you know, after, you know, quite a process, I, I mean, we ordered, I remember our first order was 200 units. And that at the time that was pretty, pretty scary, that MOQ of 200 units. Um, and then, yeah, then I shipped off to officer candidate school and, uh, born primitive was, was rocking and rolling. So that's how it all started. That's crazy. And, and I did not know you sold
0: the stretchy, dress shirts i'm gonna have to check those out i'm a big fan of those actually so uh, excited to look at that um and, and so yeah you started with this one product for a specific need for a specific group of people uh namely yourself uh and then when you when you got that order of 200 like did you sell through it immediately or or were you so busy you know going through ocs and stuff that you didn't have time what, what was that like
1: yeah honestly it it marketed itself like and we got really lucky. There was a silver medalist in Russia who got wind of it and him and his guys ordered it and they were posting about it, um, which was huge. I mean, we didn't pay them. We didn't ask for it. So that kind of put us on the map Um, to have a, a world champion and, and a silver medalist as well. Like, you know, plugging it was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I remember I had the little PayPal notification turned on on my phone and you get the little cha-ching, you know what I mean? And it was so exciting. <laughs> Uh, that the was right money, baby. the money um, Of course, eventually we had to turn that feature off uh, because it is a bit more frequent now. Um, but uh, but I remember that was just exciting um, in the early days to see that that initial traction. Um, and then we realized, you know, I quickly realized, okay, this is cool, but we can't pigeonhole ourselves to one product, right? We right. need to build a brand. Um, so we honestly just started screen printing T-shirts and hoodies um, and going to like any CrossFit event we could, you know, within reach every weekend and selling clothes from a card table i'm um, in like a little you know crappy little tent um and that's Reson pretty much
0: clothes how- and compression shorts we're like yeah yeah so we have like screen them.
1: printed t-shirts and hoodies and then like the compression shorts and that was pretty much the product lineup right and we would just set up at any crossroad event we could um pack up the jeep um just we were just super scrappy right there was no marketing plan there was just two of us um, and, uh, you know, we'd work all weekend, get back, reinventory everything. Um, I remember we, we had a, a yellow legal pad was like how we took orders, which is just hilarious. Um, just thinking of like the logistics and systems we had in place. Like we didn't know any better. Um, and that's how we did it. So the first three or four years, we just pounded the pavement and got out there and, uh, slowly, little by little, we started establishing the following and, um, you know, we expanded into, you know, I think the light bulb moment for us was we launched our first sports bra and that was basically our first kind of custom cut and sew product that with more of a performance, you know, uh, mindset of like, hey, let's, you know, anyone can do screen printed stuff. Let's actually try to make some performance apparel with a purpose. Um, and that I think that was the the moment where we said, okay, this is the lane we want to run in uh, yeah, because uh, anyone could screen print on a T-shirt. And, and I think that was at the three and a half or four year mark. And nice. we really haven't looked back ever since. It's amazing
0: awesome so i'm curious were you were you born primitive from the beginning was that the name from the beginning or did that did that evolve and change over time
1: so the the first original name was technically snatch shorts that was the name of the product and i remember um and i i I, it was actually one of the founders of hurley and i'm i'm forgetting his name right now i'm embarrassed but i remember i had a call with him in regards to an athlete he was representing that we were going to sign and on the call he actually gave me some great advice and he was the one actually recommended hey I like what you're doing but if this is long term i think you should consider changing your name to a brand name um and and then i remember i I thought about it so like i think two months in we we quickly changed to born primitive from snatch shorts but yeah that's technically the og name was snatch shorts llc Incorporated yeah. in Indiana. Uh, and then I got some good <laughs> advice from a dude who's done it before. And totally. thank God, um, because yeah. I don't think Snatch Shorts LLC would have quite the ring that Bornholm I don't Granger think so. Right
0: I want to buy my Snatch
1: Shorts hoodie. You, you yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shoes. And that's and exactly what he said. He's really like, you pigeonholes the end of this one Yeah. Area, for sure. So, and I see other companies do that. I'm like, man, I, you know, they, I wish they would think about that because you might yeah. crush with that product. But then what's after that? Nothing. You
0: know what i mean? Yeah, yourself? yeah. We just, we've been consulting and working and investing in a brand called uh, Keto Brownie originally. And they are like, hey, we can't just be a brownie, right? So they, they rebranded as Sinless Snacks. And so now the Keto Brownie is a product. And it still has the name Keto Brownie, but it's part of the umbrella of, of Sinless Snacks. So yeah, you got to think long-term about the brand for sure. Um, so you guys did something that I think is, is really interesting. And I think this is something that every entrepreneur brand owner should do if they can. So you were face-to-face with your customers selling stuff, getting feedback trying to, trying to hawk stuff at, at, at shows and stuff. What do you think you learned or what did, what did you pick up? what did you learn about customer preference, customer taste, marketing, any lessons come from those, you know, those hundreds of CrossFit shows that you guys went to?
1: Yeah. I think for one, you learn about what the customer actually wants, right? Cause you're, you're in the trenches with them. Um, and there's no better, you know, kind of data point than that. Um, yeah, I, I think the second major thing would just be learning the importance of, one-on-one interactions, especially in the early days, like that's, you know, that's, that's the marketing plan, right? You're, you're building your business brick by brick and every interaction is critical. Um, and it's cool to, to still talk with people. Cause I still honestly run checkout at some of our events. Cause to me, that's like a great way to just check in with Perfect. customers as I'm checking them out. I'm saying, Hey, have you heard of us? Um, and you know, you'll either get, oh, I've never seen you guys, or I've been with you guys for like eight years. I remember when you were back in this event, you know, eight years ago and you were, you were running checkout, you know what I mean? It's cool to, 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 to give them a positive brand experience in person. Um, and then over time, that foundation gets bigger and bigger. And I think some people might overlook that one-on-one interaction and how important that is. But if you're playing the long game, um, that's how you build a loyal following.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I love the in-person events. And when we do it too as an agency, you know, we have a booth and people come by. And, and so I always like thinking, or I always like observing what headlines do people read? And when they stop and say something, what are they asking for? And what do they comment on or not comment on? And, and, you know, when you're at the table, what are the T-shirts they pick up versus those that they leave, right? And what are the questions they ask uh, that you might not, that might not ever get back to you if you didn't do the in-person event? And so I remember one of my favorite quotes was from, I think, I think Brian Chesky of, of Airbnb, uh, where he said, to do to build a company that scales, you need to do things that don't, right? So so you going to, you can't just spend your every day going to shows, right? That's not a way you scale a brand, but to effectively scale a brand, you need to do some of those things because you learn stuff you
1: won't learn anywhere else. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we still do it. You know, I don't, I don't go early and in, 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 uh, construct the booth anymore. <laughs> like I used yeah. to, even like yeah. I, I just recently stopped doing that. Um, I was finally told, Hey, like you can't, Fly in two days early and be running a power drill. Like you need to be doing other things. <laughs> Maybe uh, you should be running the company. I don't. know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I roll in and, and run checkout and, and get to interact with customers and kind of see what their tastes are. So it's it's a great way to get real real time data. And then obviously that applies to our website, right? Like if you know as far as merchandising and what people are wanting. So it's it's a good good use of my time.
0: I love it. Um, so there's uh, I want to talk about two things that I think are are, are super important but sometimes tricky to, to find the right mix or the right timing of. So there, there's huge power and focus, right? Doing one thing really well, the snatch shorts, making those really, really well, or the initial you know, performance sports bra, making that really, really well. But then you gotta expand, right? If you're gonna build a lifestyle brand, if you're gonna uh, reach a larger audience, you gotta expand into other products. We, we, one of the early mistakes we made as an agency is we tried to do everything. Like we did web design and we did TV and we did direct mail because we had some background in that. And it was just, it was exhausting and worked we great. Then we realized, hey, we're really, really good at search marketing. So we're going to go deep on that. Went deep on that, started crushing it, growing, getting some recognition nationally. And then we started expanding from there, which I think that can work, right? You focus on something, you nail it, and then you begin to expand. Um, how did you guys approach that? When did you realize... Okay, hey, uh, let's try the sports bra. Because you, uh, you obviously weren't thinking about sports bras when you made the, the shorts originally. So, when did you get the idea for that? And then, when did it become clear, okay, we got to expand beyond this too?
1: Yeah, so the, the co founder, Mallory, um, she was the one who kind of thought of, you know, she was having frustrations with the active apparel she was wearing, like at the gym. Um, and as I said, we weren't really doing any of that performance stuff. So, she said, well, hey, why don't I take a swing at this? And I'm going to design a sports bra that I nice. enjoy and like. Um, and she nailed the features on it. I remember we launched it at the CrossFit Games. I think in 2015, we sold out of it, and girls were like, we're, you know, wearing them at the event and coming back the next day and getting and like the other three colors. Nice. So that was like a really good initial. Did you have
0: sign. an athlete wear um, it at the, again, I, the CrossFit Games?
1: Um, not that year, I don't think. Um, but the word, the word, kind of spread because girls yeah. were telling their girlfriends yeah. they were coming back to the booth and being like, "I heard about the. Do you have any of the Vitality bras left?" And that was just kind of like. Like, almost like a, an unexpected, like, holy crap, this is like, you know, they're, this is a good development, right? So, we, we kind of doubled down on, okay, want, we need we want to do cut and sew performance apparel. Um, and, you know, mainly on the fitness stuff to start. And, and I think you bring up a good point of like, you have to be specific, at least initially, and then you have to be very calculated in it when you expand what that's going to be and have like a real plan. Um, that sports bra thing was a bit of a fluke, I'd say, just because it was Mal was just trying right. to solve a personal need. Um, but, it, but then we were like, okay, we're, we're, we're doing this, this kind of performance workout apparel is what we're going to do. And then um, the next, you know, kind of transition would have been to it like athleisure stuff, so like joggers and in like comfortable stuff that you could probably wear to the gym, but also like, you know, lounge around the house. Um, just, you know, I mean? you know how hot that market Massive. is as well. And, and fueled um, and we by the, the that, pandemic you know. that just helped it all explode oh yeah crazy i mean rest day joggers um we sell a gazillion of them we they're our best product like it's so huge opportunity in athleisure um and then um you know, i would say we we rode in that lane for a good amount of time and i finally was like okay i think we're ready to go into okay. another vertical um and that's what brought about born primitive outdoor uh, which we just launched in september and that's kind of backcountry you know mainly for us we're kind of targeting the hunting audience um but it's for anyone in the outdoors it's a layering system all the way out to your outer layer of puff jackets and stuff and rain gear so that was a something i always wanted to do is I, i'm passionate about the outdoors um and i was like okay we're finally ready um those other two components are super healthy and are thriving but if you want to keep building the business and raising the ceiling yeah. on what you can accomplish like you have to carve out new lanes Um, So we did that, um, and then our Campfire collection was kind of a sequel to that, which is more flannels and jeans and, uh, you know, Sherpa-lined denim jackets and just fun stuff you'd wear, you know, around that vibe, and then then we're getting into into tactical apparel as well um, in April, so... We have a, and then also uh, the biggest one probably on this list right now. We're launching a performance shoe in Dang, July. Dang man, that's um, ambitious. So shoe. when I'm when I'm looking at the roadmap for Born Primitive to get to kind of certain top line m- milestones, I realized okay, fitness is killing, but like we have to we have to have some other revenue streams in different categories that will allow us to reach out to other customers and bring in new people into the fold so we're excited about it there's a lot going on um but uh but i think you bring up a great point about it. it is a balance you can't spread yourself too thin too quick or then you're doing everything at 80 percent
0: totally and and yeah you you kind of you had built this this machine and it, it was momentum was there the athleisure the performance where it was just going right and so when you get to a point where you're like, hey, I can, I can healthily uh, invest in these other things without pulling away from the core, great, now it's time. And, and I liked it. Did you, did you get feedback on the, hey, man, would love if you launched some outdoor wear? Or was it more of a, this is my passion, this is what I'm good at, I want better products in this category? Because it does fit, right? Like, like people that, that are, are into CrossFit and exercise, a lot of them are out into outdoors as well, so it definitely fits. But was that driven more by personal interest or more and more by feedback from customers?
1: Initially, personal interest, um, and, and it was ironically validated pretty significantly. Um, we, we retained an investment bank to help us go through a process to, to reach out to some private equity groups, and they did a, a survey on, on like 2,000 of our customers and basically posed the question, what would you like to see Born Primitive do? and the top two were footwear and uh outdoor apparel and those were two things that we were already we're already working and it was like it was like a very high number it was like over 70 percent um wow. so that that worked great with the deck we were pitching to these private equity groups of, like, oh hey here's we have you know hundreds of thousands of active customers this was the number one and number two answer for what they want and oh by the way this is already getting worked and it'll be launching on these dates
0: it's amazing and so then so you guys uh, primarily a couple questions there but you primarily partnered with private equity to help fuel expansion and, and invest in new products and things like that?
1: So actually, no. Um, we uh, raised zero capital, um, bootstrapped it from the beginning, um, and still have not. Um, you know, we're nine years in. Uh, last summer, or you know, it was actually last spring, I, I finally made the decision, hey, why don't we, reach, why don't we at least get, get in the game and see what the market will fetch? Um, and uh, we're actually currently under an LOI with with some really cool guys that bring some it's amazing experience yeah. um, but we're only selling a very small portion of the business so like we're still gonna run the show I think these guys are great strategic partners but yeah it's one thing I'm really proud of is like I see a lot of these other d2c brands that you know they raise 30 million they raise 20 million and like I kind of chuckle because I'm like you know not to sound arrogant but if you were to give me 20 million bucks like I could stand up a D 2 C brand and have it very relevant, very fast because you got 20 million bucks. And we started this thing right. in a garage with nothing. Um, you know, I think at the life that at the time, my life savings was like 4,500 bucks. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I was about to join the military. Yeah. Uh, our co-founder Mallory was a dental hygienist. Um, so I'd like to think uh, a lot of these brands we compete with had quite a head start on us. And, and we, we, we gained some serious ground on them and now we're, now we're in the hunt with them. So it's something I'm proud of. And I think it, the way we had to conduct ourselves was so much different. And when we went through the the investment process, one of the things that really made us stood out is we've always been profitable. So for these guys that are used to seeing at all these like C brands that like have these projections of profitability five years from now, they're like, Oh, you guys have never lost money. And I was kind of like yeah. I chuckle, like, of course, like yeah, yeah, there's no yeah, other yeah. way to do it. And that's just because that's the way we had to do it because we didn't, you know, get a bunch of money up front. So, um, yeah. But it'll be nice to kind of you know be um, you know with some partners now. Um, they bring some unique experience. They're former executives at a very big apparel company, publicly traded. So we're excited about what the new chapter is going to bring on that front.
0: I love it, man. And and you know now I've got I've got several friends uh, like Joe Quiet Light Brokerage, and and I've got some investment banker friends and and private equity friends now. And so and we're we're looking to buy uh, an agency or two and and potentially more. But just going through that process, I think that this is what's super interesting to me is. As you talk to investors, and as you look at, hey, let's let's value our company, or let's maybe put it on the market and see what people say, or Let, let's look to go buy another business. Um, just the way you look at businesses in that lens or in that environment is different. And I think whether you do a deal or not, that will shape the way you think about the health of your business and the margins and and how you're growing and and. Yeah, I love it. I love that you you went through the process and and awesome for you that you got an LOI. Hope that goes through. Cause yeah, it's nice to have nice to have partners when you're looking to expand and, and do do different and bigger things.
1: So that's cool. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head as far as kind of learning to reverse engineer it once you kind of see what they look at and what they ask, right? Like if, if the if the process were to fall through or if it does go through and we do it again in five years, like I will be so much more dialed in on totally. what's important, at least on that front. I'm actually one of the guys from it's Quiet Light, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm uh, reading Joe his book. Oh, Valley.
0: Oh, uh, uh, Walker Exit,
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm reading the book. I actually just started it last night. The Exit Exitpreneur. Oh no, that is Joe. Hey,
0: Joe's gonna love that. I just gave Walker credit. Uh, it, Joe and Walker have this. They're they're both in, on the Quiet Light team. They both wrote books, and they're a little competitive, but friendly. I love you both, by the way. If you guys are listening, but, <laughs> yeah. Joe Joe is Exitpreneur, and um, Walker dibble was. Uh, buy them build is the name of his book Okay, Both fantastic books, yeah,
1: awesome. well I'll check that other one out and then maybe i'll'll i'll we'll call which one uh, is the strongest yeah which book. is but so better, far yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: we'll
0: Change put it on there <laughs> 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 I love it. so a uh, uh, question about footwear so that surprises me. I don't know why it surprised me, but it does. So people are like, hey, I don't want to wear my Nikes or Adidas or whatever workout shoes. They're like, nothing is meeting my needs here. I want you guys to make a shoot. What's the reason? Why are people saying they want footwear?
1: I think um, part of it is we have built an incredible amount of brand loyalty, and we've kind of shown that anything we launch, like the diehards will get it, right? So whether it's outdoor stuff or campfire or new workout stuff, like they, they will come back. Um, and it was just an obvious revolution. It's a, of course, we need to, fo- to do footwear. And part of it is like with our athlete marketing side, it makes a little bit, a little bit harder to sign deals with athletes because like we'd be like hey we can do everything but shoes and they're like well i guess i'll do nine shoe. shoes." Yeah. um so this will allow us to do full head-to-toe deals on the athlete side which will be cool um, nice but more importantly we just look at like our existing active customer amount and we're like okay if we order x amount of units like if we get 10 percent of these people to come buy a shoe like we're looking at some outrageous numbers so it just made too much sense and it's also fun for me. Like, I, I'm very active. I work out all the time. And to be able to develop a shoe and then, you know, just be able to wear those and, like, it's just a fun development, right? Um, and you know, we're going to get all the employees decked out. And then, of course, all of our athletes and influencers will get decked out. So, like, it's just a cool development. And, and I think it gives us a lot of opportunities um, beyond just a, 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 a performance shoe, you know, probably a running shoe, um, we have like a, a a canvas shoe that's more of a lifestyle sneaker that we'll be launching in August. So it's just it allows for the you know sequels to happen that, um, you know, hopefully we can have a uh, disrupt the market a little bit.
0: Love it. Love it. That I mean, makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you know, hey, one of the ways we learn is through failures or mistakes. Right. And, and everybody likes to hear the crash and burn story or stub your toe story or, hey, I screwed this up, but learn from it what are some of the the mistakes or the failings forward that you guys have had as a brand
1: well the first one happened really early um and i think this was a like a at the time a very big mistake but i think it it taught us a very good lesson that we still really hold on to so our the second order of the snatch shorts i remember we upped it to 500 first order was 200 we sold through it reordered 500. i was at officer candidate school we received the order we started shipping out the orders because people had like pre-booked their orders um and what happened was they changed the adhesive they used on the padding to get it to stay at you know kind of adhered to the fabric so after the people washed it for the first time the padding would disintegrate um so we, we thought we had just killed it and it's order number two you know what i mean we're moving on and we have this massive customer service issue um I was at Officer Canada School, so I had limited communication. So Mallory was reaching out to me, freaking out, saying, what do we do? Long story short, we reached out to every customer um, prior to even the issue happening and saying, hey, in transparency, there's probably a defect on this. Um, We've already reordered. um, No action required. We will ship you a pair as soon as it gets in. We think it'll be like eight weeks, but bear with us. Mm -hmm. And just the response we got from that was so positive when we thought it was going to be a disaster and all hate mail that. It revealed that if you're just transparent and honest and you treat people and there's yeah. a human component to it, yeah. people yeah. will actually become more loyal. So ironically, it's like what should have been a disaster actually built brand loyalty in the wow. early days. Wow. And we still had that a couple of times. You know, I would say in nine years we've had a similar issue, maybe two or three occasions. We had a zipper issue on a pant, like a pair of shorts like three years ago. We did the same thing. We reached out to everyone, no action required. This might happen. If it doesn't happen, you'll get a second pair of shorts for free. No big deal, but we're replacing all of them. And just the customer service team, they came back like, "Man, the feedback's insane. People are like thanking us and this and that." So I guess the, the lesson was you can you can take a negative and turn it into a positive, and it just oh, reinforces yeah. how important the, the the consumer interaction is um, because we're so used to talking with customer service agents that are either a robot or AI or this and that, and you just get on the phone with a real person that is a is a human and you know mm-hmm. isn't confined by these parameters of how you know they can solve a problem. It's just it was huge. Um, so that was number one, I would say.
0: Yeah, I love that so much because one, you guys were super proactive, right? You weren't like, hey, some people may be okay with this. So let's just save a little cost and let's just only replace the ones that you know where people complain. Because you know for everybody that complains, there's a dozen, more, a couple dozen people that are just like, oh, this sucks. And they just move on and never say anything, right? So you were proactive. You took care of everybody. And yeah, when people see that human connection, they realize, oh, this is just a business run by people. And they, they made a mistake or someone screwed them over, but they're taking care of me. That's all I care about. Yeah, it, it deepens that relationship. That's super, super powerful. Uh, so kudos to you. You guys, you guys noticed it, did the right thing fast. And I love that no action required, right, where, hey, we'll replace this, but go here, enter your information. All that. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to work for your mistake, right? And so you're, you're taking care of people. So that, that's awesome. Uh, kudos to you guys. There are a lot of lessons to be learned from that. Any, any other mistakes you've learned from?
1: I think the other biggest one is just inventory management. Um, you know, long story short, during like the height of the pandemic, when it was just be- basically became impossible to forecast, uh, we just ordered just an absolutely outrageous amount of product um, based on what we thought was going to continue. Um, and I guess I-, I know a lot of brands are in this boat right now where they have. The high stock in
0: this in this boat as well. I just saw uh, an article on, on LinkedIn. Really, they're way, way, way overstocked. Yeah
1: um yeah and you're starting to see a lot of brands like if you just do google search on product you'll see a lot of high uh you know high-end brands that are like discounting dramatically like on google search and stuff and that's 100 percent why i think um so that was just that was another big one is like we we um as the ceo and mal as the ceo weren't as involved as we should have been on those invoices that were going out and had i just done a quick sanity check on it i would have immediately seen like wait a second that's like that's 290,000 units of one collection. Like let's, let's reel that in a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, right, I'm, I'm wiring right. $6 million overseas. Wait, one wire, like what? <laughs> uh, you know what i mean? so, but, but we were, everything
0: was just like so frantic and growing at such yeah. an amazing pace. And you're like, yeah,
1: yeah. we were and everything was just, you know, firing on all cylinders. All right. You know, we, I knew we were selling a ton. So like, Oh, it's, you know, it seems to make sense. And then once I actually dug into it, I said, Holy, like, this is had we not been so profitable, that mistake, we would have been dead in the water as a business. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just had 50% growth year over year. We would have been toast. Um, so we got lucky. We, we we were successful enough that we could weather that storm. Now we're in a really good position because a lot of this inventory, thank God, is like core items that will sell forever. Like the rest day joggers, you know what I mean? And things like black yeah. leggings, like those are always gonna be staples So, stable, never so it doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter that I have, you know, 40,000 more than I need. Um, you know, from a cash flow standpoint, it, it, it was a nightmare. Um, but we were, again, we were able to weather it because we were successful, but that was the, that was the, the, definitely our biggest mistake as kind of young, naive entrepreneurs of just, Oh yeah, send it, like send the order in. And yeah. it's like, All right, we need yeah. to actually take a look at this. Cause we're talking about millions and millions of dollars we're sending overseas that, and in hundreds of thousands of units. So
0: yeah. Inventory management, man, it's difficult. Projections, just managing it, all of that is tricky. And then I think mean, you got highlight, to highlight something that I think we're all prone to do, right? We're prone to say, what is my current situation? Okay, cool. It'll be like that forever, right? <laughs> like extreme demand. Cool. We're just going to keep going up or, or it's really bad right now and it's going to be bad forever, right? So Things always change. The, the seasons always change. Things ebb and flow, right? And the market, you know, has new tastes and new preferences and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, always gotta always gotta temper things a little bit. Um, so love love those lessons for sure. So as we're as we're kind of moving into the the last uh, portions here, of the, the show, I want to talk about keys to success, right? And I, and I love I love the Amazon analogy of a flywheel and Jim Collins actually is the one that they kind of coined this term and came up with it in the book Good to Great. But, you know, Amazon has this, this flywheel that they've kind of mapped out where it's a, it's a momentum machine, right? It's a, it's a compounding effect when things are working. And so the way theirs works is, you know, if they offer more products at a lower price, that attracts more visits, you know, so more, more shoppers. More shoppers attract more uh, marketplace sellers, right? And, and the the marketplace, which is what you guys are doing on, on Amazon, huge part of Amazon's business. Well, more marketplace sellers leads to more products at a lower price, which leads to more visits. And so the, I left out some pieces, but that's kind of the, the gist of it, right? And so as you grow any piece of that, it just continues to accelerate and grow faster. What what do you think, as you look at Born Primitive, Like, what are some of the keys to your growth machine? Why, why have you guys been able to to build and, and, and sustain momentum?
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to three main points for us. Um, we already talked about one of them. It was just positive customer experience. Yeah. Um, so we just, that is a, a you know a, a priority at all times with customer service, when we're at events, et cetera. Um, I would call that in my mind an applied task, but like a task that many companies overlook. Uh, number two, um, again, I consider this an implied task, but is not uh, done by you know a lot of brands. It's just you have to have great product and good quality, right? Because the way I see it, it's like this might be their only time they ever interact with your okay. brand. Um, you have to nail that first interaction because particularly like when you look at just the kind of e-commerce metrics and all right, I have my my CAC and AOV and LTV and like return you know repeat purchase rate and all these things first order profitability the formula breaks down. It's a giant math problem. The formula breaks down if they're not coming back. Right. Like I I look at other brands that like are a one-time like item, like type of brand. I'm like, man, how do they survive? Cause like if I was selling washing machines, like I'm not getting in that business. Right. Cause I, I'm able to sell them a legging. I know they're going to come back at a sports bra and then they're making
0: components to break, right. That's like like the old Maytags from long ago that they were too good. They had to make,
1: yeah. So um, it, it, uh, to for that formula to hold up, particularly when you're spending an outrageous amount of money on paid digital and paid social, like that, th- you have to get them coming back, and it has to. Oh, wow. So you know, you got to nail the product. Ton of attention, to deal has attention to detail has to go into that. Um, and then I think the third, you know, and I would say this would be our secret sauce is like just what what does the brand stand for, um, and what is your identity? Um, you know, for us. We, we've taken a pretty patriotic approach, um, particularly kind of the roots of the brand. Um, we've, we've given a ton back to charity, a lot of veteran first responder charities, but cancer research, things like that. So using our brand as a platform to give back has been a huge kind of um, part of our ethos. Um, and then just kind of standing for, for, you know, hard work and determination and, you know, chasing your dreams. Like uh, people want to identify with something, particularly with apparel. Um, so I think it's important you have to, you have to have that because even if you have the first two, there's so much competition with leggings and sports bras and this and that, that like, you're going to get drowned out because you're, there, there's a million competitors because it's a hot mm. space to be in. So there's got to be something more to it. It has to be more than just apparel. Totally. Um, love it.
0: I, yeah. Uh, sorry I cut you off there. Was no, no.
1: And you know, I think the, the, the subcomponent of, of, of that would just be like having a, a marketing calendar that keeps people excited. Right. So we do that with collections. So we'll launch five or six collections a year. Um, I think that helps our repeat purchase rate and our, our LTV totally. numbers are pretty insane. Um, so that's why I'm willing to spend a lot on Facebook to acquire someone because I know what the metrics are no, beyond beyond first purchase. Um, okay. But I think one of the ways we achieve that is by always having something new. Like every month, there's something Born Primitive is is able to talk about um, to keep them um, you know stoked on the brand. So
0: yeah, yeah, we all love the new, the next thing, and and yeah, without you know five collection launches or whatever, I me mean, as a customer, I may not really care for two or three of them, but there's probably going to be one or two that I'm going to love and I'm going to feel like I have to buy. And uh, I, I want to key in on a, on a couple of those things. So we got customer experience, you got great product, and you got brand identity, right? So that, I think one shift that people need to make, and I've talked to my friends at, at Gorgeous, the e-commerce help desk, you know, they, they talk about this, and I totally believe it, that, hey, every interaction with a customer is a chance to, you know, get a, a higher probability of a future sale. It, it's, it's a chance to get a referral. It's a chance just to make someone's day and increase loyalty. Even if you don't ask for any of those things, and I think in a lot of ways you probably shouldn't, but just every interaction, if it's positive, it's really good. If you're doing like what you are talking about, where you had the, the mess-ups with a couple of pieces of inventory and you go above and beyond there, you know that, that really set that customer to be loyal uh, for, for life, potentially. So every interaction is an opportunity to do that. Uh, I love the great product piece because you know, the, you know I'm on the, the ad side, right? So we're coming up with you know, remarketing campaigns and bought X not Y campaigns and repeat purchase campaigns and email and SMS programs and like all of that is no good if the product is meh, you know, and so that, yeah, sometimes the, the issue is not with your ad campaigns, it's with the product and so that's, that's something you got to look at and I love the brand identity piece. I think we underestimate the value here, right? Why does somebody choose Nike over another brand, right? Or why does I love the Black Rifle Coffee, right? That that kind of lines up, I think, with, a little bit at least with with your ethos. Um, it's just coffee, right? I, I don't know. Like I've had it. I've had it. It's not bad by any means, but it's just coffee. But they charge a premium, and they have a diehard following because of what they stand for. And so, uh, brand is is super super important. And, and so you guys have, you guys have nailed that. And and I think it's because I think at least in part it's because it's coming from an authentic place. Like your brand is. It's who you are it's who your co-founder is right just it happens naturally
1: yeah and i think of those three it's like which which of those three is actually defendable i think the only the third one is defendable right it's totally just like, totally you can do the now the second one is gonna you're gonna have to be really squared away and you have to be very good and capable but anyone can can start sourcing stuff and cut like totally. that's You know what I mean? Um, so that's yep. like what someone can that's do it almost
0: normal? as good and do it for you know fifty percent the cost or something. Like that. That, yep. that. That's always going to happen. But the identity piece, yep, no one can can steal that. For and
1: herself. that was cool to see that come out in our our meetings with the, the private equity groups. Is like yeah, that was the they, know that. And I, they know that, and I thought that, but it was absolutely validated in those meetings um, where it was like, okay, this is the brand identity is super important. That's what they're most yeah. stoked on. So. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. This has been super, super fun. Um, any One thing I think is always interesting to me, and this will kind of be the last question we'll talk about, how people can buy your stuff and connect with you and whatnot. But I, as I talk to entrepreneurs, and, I, and I'm privileged to talk to a lot of great ones, you know, what do you consider to be like your superpowers? So, so what, what sets you apart? Right? And, I, and I know as an entrepreneur. We got to be good at a lot of things right and in the early days we're like well i'm doing everything i don't know uh but what do you feel like are your real superpowers if you had to,
1: to distill that down uh you mean me personally yeah yeah uh well i i,
0: <laughs> I, don't and I know I you're a humble good. guy you're a yeah. hard-working guy you know so you probably don't like to talk about it but just curious um, you have any thoughts I,
1: I think just for me it's just the work ethic and being scrappy um you know that's how we started now i Of course through the process we've become much more sophisticated and i I try to be a a student of the game now um you know i listen to e-commerce podcasts pretty much anytime i'm in the car and i read books and this and that but early in the early days it was just grind it out right just you know outwork the competition and and um you know i was balancing obviously being active duty and running a business so i had to be a little nuts in that regard um you know we didn't sleep a lot and it was a lot of late hours at night and early mornings and driving to the events every weekends, and, you know, it was just, it was a lot. Um, I was, I was young and energetic and, you know, I really was wanted to see this thing come to life. So I think that was probably my biggest leg up is that I, I was pretty relentless and, and Mallory was as well. Um, and then as we built it and brought in employees, I think that that rubbed off on, on, you know, people as we brought them in. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the DNA of more primitive now, right? We go to events these trade shows and we were just down in miami for an event called watapalooza and like i look at other bigger brands now in our space i don't see any of their senior leadership uh in the booth i mean me and my vp were breaking down the booth with power drills and you know what i mean and our other senior like we're still in the trenches um and i just i think that sets us apart again some of these other brands that have been our space for so long i haven't seen these guys in five years at these events right and i'm like what what are you doing um, Like you need to be in front of your people, getting after it and, and getting death. So, you know, I, I don't think I have any any special skills other than just just uh, being um, able to apply myself and and really just uh, work hard and try to achieve a, an end state. So
0: that relentlessness, I love it. Yeah, and it's one of those things where to build something extraordinary, like you got to put in extraordinary effort and, and or smarts and both. You know, like it just. You're, you're never gonna build something extraordinary by just doing a nine to five like that's just not gonna happen right eventually you know you'll be able to work nine to five or maybe less but like in the beginning no way like you just gotta I, I love the the quote of uh, you can be successful in anything you want as an entrepreneur if you work half days right and so you got 24 hours in a day you know you got you got 12 hours that you're that you're working uh, you know seven days a week pretty much so uh, cool, cool man really good stuff so if someone is listening like dude I need to I need to observe more of bear handling in my life uh, are you, are you on the socials? Are you sharing stuff? Are you mainly just kind of heading Not out
1: really. Right I, I think I might do a bit more in the future. You know, I'm on Instagram at Bear Hamlin. Um, not really on Twitter, but uh, Born Primitive, you know, obviously we're really active on social uh, yeah, and then our website. social
0: is. account for Born Primitive. So check that Thank out. You. If you're like yeah. looking for inspiration on how do we, you know, promote our brand or have a social presence for our brand, check out Born Primitive for sure.
1: But uh, yeah, that's really it. I'm not really a public guy too much. We're, we're rocking and rolling over here in Virginia Beach, but um, you know, little, I've, little by little, I've gotten more into the scene. Like, obviously, I went to the Blue Ribbon event and, and hey. got to you know meet people like you guys. And it's, I think, I need to do more of that in the future because I'm realizing there's so much knowledge out there and so, so many good people that you can connect with that are solving the same totally. problems you are. Totally, um, and and that can relate, particularly founders. It's like, oh my god, like I finally can talk to someone who who understands and and, and relates yeah. to this lifestyle, right? Um, You know, we would break for lunch at at Ezra's thing, and we're all on our computers firing out emails trying to catch up. And it's like, okay, these are my people because they're all doing the same. You know what I mean? We're all nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all totally nuts. And, and um, it's it's
0: awesome because like you, you know, uh, and I, and I love my family. I've got a great extended family. I hang out with them a decent amount, but like. A lot of them don't understand, right? Like they're not—they're not building this or doing what I'm doing, and so I can share like a little bit about what's going on, but not really. Like you need to be around your people, and so uh, that's pretty pretty inspiring. And I would say now, now that I've listened to you on stage, seen you in a podcast, like you've got—you got a got knack for this. You're pretty good at, at at sharing knowledge and sharing your story. So if you enjoy it, I think you got to do more of it. I think it's going to be beneficial to you and and, and beneficial to other people as well. So.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Thanks, Brad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. And so then as people are like, okay, I got to check out Born Primitive, buy some stuff. Uh, where can they Where can they shop? Sounds like they've got more avenues than they, they used to have just a few months ago. Yeah.
1: Uh, so our main site's bornprimitive.com. We also have international websites, if depending on if you're coming in from another IP address. Um, I think we have eight distribution facilities all over the world. So just go to bornprimitive.com. It'll get you squared away. Uh, we're also on Amazon now, just our core products. So um, we're on Amazon Prime, if you're looking looking there. Um, and yeah, we got, we got all kinds of stuff in the works. we got a swim collection coming out. We just launched our Miami collection, spring collections come in summer and then uh campfire and outdoor in the fall, um, Halloween Christmas. We got all kinds of wild stuff coming out in the future. So tune in, follow us on Instagram. You'll, you'll see all of our, our stuff coming out.
0: I love it. And I say this a lot, but I think, you know, one of the best ways we learn is by observing what other companies are doing. So get on the born primitive list, follow them on social. Watch how they do these, these collection launches because there's some good stuff to learn there. So, Bear Hamlin, ladies and gentlemen. very uh, Crushed, man. Super, super fun. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll have to do it again sometime.
1: Heck yeah, thanks for having me, bro. All right, thanks, dude.
0: And as always, thank you for tuning in. And hey, we'd love to hear more from you. What would you like to hear more of on the show? If you've not done so, we would love that review on iTunes. Makes my day. Also allows other people to connect with the show. And hey, speaking of socials, I am saying this publicly now for the third or fourth time. I'm committed to being on the socials a little bit more. So I'm posting on Twitter daily-ish, and I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. So if we're not connected there, reach out to me at Brett Curry on Twitter and Curry on LinkedIn. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening.